Yeah, they did not actually... They didn't have saving faith. They just believed that this Jesus was a miracle worker and great teacher. And he was, you know, they could have believed all kind of things about he was the Messiah or whatever. But they didn't trust him for their own salvation. It wasn't a true faith. It wasn't saving faith. And so Nicodemus is the perfect example. He is a Pharisee. And, you know, you get to thinking with the word Pharisee has, has, has you know, it's been changed to... Uh, you know, they, these are the evil people that are against Jesus. And they are. They ended up being the ones that were directly responsible. But to be a Pharisee in the first, in the first century was to be one of the most righteous walking people that there were. They believed in, I mean, they believed in keeping the law was what actually made you right before God. Therefore, they was keeping the law. And I mean, you, know, you get a picture of them being outwardly religious and being wicked on the inside and all that. But if you were to see them walking around in the marketplace or whatever, they would be people you would look up to. They would be people, you know, like, wow, I wish I could be like that. I'm not nowhere near as good as that person. You know, they're doing so much stuff for for God and I'm not doing nothing, you know. And so this Nicodemus, he was a Pharisee. He was probably a great teacher in Israel, renowned for his teaching and stuff because it says Jesus said he was the teacher in Israel. And so he comes to Jesus and I love this. This, this It's a perfect example of someone who believes something about Jesus, but Jesus does not commit himself to him. Basically, if you read the conversation, we're going to read it. Um, I, it, he cuts him off, really. I mean, it looks like it's like Jesus is having a conversation with somebody who ain't there. And Nicodemus is like, what are you talking about, man? Because he said, let me read it, this first five verses. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, which means teacher, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Now, what did he call Jesus? He called him... Right, rabbi or teacher, same thing. Okay, so is it is it a big stretch for Nicodemus to call Jesus a teacher? Did it take a bunch of faith? Not really. Nicodemus was a teacher. He probably was looking like, you know, from one teacher to another, I'm going to come and talk to you, you know. And he said, why did he know that Jesus was a teacher come from God? He said, because we see these miracles that are going on and nobody can do them. Now, basically what he's saying there is we know that you are a minister of the kingdom of God. The Jews were looking for the kingdom of God. We've talked about that before. They were looking for the kingdom of God to come and reign on earth and they would be out of the oppression and all that. And instead of it's, it almost seems like Nicodemus is fixing to say something else. Like this is just the introductory line, you know, like, like rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God because no one can do the miracles that you're, you're doing. And then it seems like Nicodemus is going to say something else. And Jesus just says, no, you don't. I mean, that's what it seems like. He says, we know that you're a teacher come from God. He's basically saying, we know that you're a minister of the kingdom of God. And Jesus, it almost seems to me like he interrupts him. And Jesus answered and said to him, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So imagine Nicodemus coming in here and saying, you know, we know that you're a great teacher. We know that you're a teacher come from God. And, and uh, you know, who, who knows what Nicodemus was fixing to say? He might have said, no, no, we can help you. Remember, Jesus had just cleansed the temple. 
So they might have sent Nicodemus over there to say, you know, you need to go calm this dude down. Tell him we, the religious people here, and he, if he's going to be teaching in Jerusalem, he's going to have to get with us, and we're going to have to, we're going to have to work something out here. He can't just be coming in here throwing people out of our temple and all that kind of stuff. Who knows what Nicodemus was going to say? But Nicodemus said, you know, we know that you're a teacher come from God. He believed something about Jesus. He believed Jesus was from God. He believed Jesus was a teacher from God, even though he had not been to any school or anything like that. Nicodemus had probably gone all through the Pharisaical schools. He'd memorized the first five books of the Bible. That's what the Pharisees had to do. I mean, he, he, he had done all this learning and all this stuff. And he came, he says, I'm going to have a conversation with you, Jesus. And we know that, you know, we know that you're a teacher come from God. And, and Jesus basically said, you know, no, you don't know nothing because unless you're born again you can't even see the i mean you don't have no concept of the kingdom of god you have no idea what you're talking about you know and for me i can kind of relate with nicodemus you know like you know that you know that being right with god isn't based in what i do but when i do good boy it sure makes me feel right with god don't it I mean, it sure makes me feel like, whoo, I did a good job. And then all of a sudden, you know, you, you kind of leave the gospel thing behind. Now, when you're doing bad, you want the gospel. Like, oh, thank God we've got the gospel. When you're doing good, it's like, I'm doing pretty good. I got to go on. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. Y'all looking at me crazy. Uh, all right. So Jesus interrupted him. And then Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he's old? Uh, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Kind of a dumb question. And Jesus answered, verily, verily, which means truly, I say unto you, really it says, amen, amen, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, what he's talking about there is you cannot become a Christian. You cannot be saved without having a supernatural work of God happen in your heart that changes you from the inside. I'm a person that if I want to do something, I'm going to go buy a book on how to do it. I'm going to learn how to do it. I'm going to learn all the steps and then I'm going to do it. You know, I learned two days ago, I learned how to tune a piano and I started tuning the piano. So I ain't got to pay $85 for some dude to come tune the piano. I'm just going to tune the piano myself. You know, when we need the bus drive, when we the bus driver deal, I don't know nothing about CDL, nothing. I get the book, I study the book, I go take the test, I got a CDL. You know, if I want to know how to do something, I'll just go figure it out. Give me step one, step two, step three, step four, and I'll I'll work the steps and then I'll get it done. Not so with God. Not so with with the kingdom of God. Not so with salvation. Nicodemus, once Jesus started telling him, look, you can't even see the kingdom. You don't know anything about the kingdom. I can see Nicodemus was like, just give me the steps, man. I've done, I mean, I've done, done all this stuff. Just give me step one, step two, step three, step four. And Jesus was telling him, no, it's, it's not about, there's nothing you can do to, to, what am I looking for? There's nothing you can do that can work your way up to where you need to be with God. It has to come from God. It has to be a supernatural work of God. How many of us, how many of us um, think that 
So many people think, you know, well, I believe in Jesus and I believe in he rose from the dead and I, that makes me a Christian and I just have to do better. I just have to, you know, I have to get these things right, whatever. And we never, we never come in humble repentance and faith. We never let God change us from the inside, but we try to work the system to make ourselves right with God. When I first, I was raised in church, right? And most of y'all know this about me. And feel free to interrupt me. So, I mean, I'm not giving no 45-minute lecture. Just feel free to say whatever you want to. Um, what was I saying? You were raised in church. Raised in church, that's right. And most of y'all know the story. Then I go and lose my mind playing music for a living. And just whatever. And when I realized, of course, that's stupid and futile and I wasn't getting no joy out of it, my first thought was go back to church, right? Start doing better. Start acting better. Never crossed my mind that I wasn't a Christian because I had always believed in Jesus. I had always believed that there was a God. I had always believed that that he was who he said he was and, and all those things. I was the same as Nicodemus. I came to him going, well, I know that you're a teacher come from God. You know, I, I know that I know that you're doing all these great mighty miracles. I know that you are, you know, who you say you are, but I had not trusted my life to him and he had not changed me made me born again. Like what Jesus said, you must be born again. And so what I did was I started going to church and I started, you know, I, I started helping with youth music at the, the church I used to go to. And, and I would sit two or three years now, I'm not talking about weeks, years. I, I sat on the, like the third row in the church and we tithed, went all the time. We, I mean, we did the whole deal. And those three years, I sat on the church pew, and I was just as lost on that church pew as I was doing all the other stuff that I had done before. You see, to enter into God's kingdom, to, to uh, enter into right relationship with God, you have to be born again. You have to have a supernatural encounter with God. Understand? That's what Jesus was saying here. Do you... I was thinking about you, Cicely, because Crystal... Didn't Cicely... Was, wasn't Cicely the one that was arguing with you and telling you about the movie that she watched? But the... What was it? The zeitgeist and all that? Now, what changed your mind? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, I don't mean to put you... Yeah, I, I know. It, you just... Just what happened? Because Crystal would text me and she would go, I'm so worried about Cicely. She's always, she's always got arguments about why God's not real and, or whatever. And, and, you know, there's really nothing. You can't argue nobody into the kingdom. But when was it that everything changed? Well, we were coming up here and talking to brother about marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. And I was raised in like a really little, it was a, the Primitive Baptist Church. Mm -hmm. And so, like, there wasn't a very big presence, which is like, like, a better word, a bunch of old people coming, you know, yeah. being raised. But, um, so when I got, like, my adolescence, I kind of being like, you got away from it, and all that, and then, um, when I met Brad and his family, and started seeing, right. you know, them, and how faithful they were to come to church, and all that, and then I went with Bradley there. Marriage counseling with Brother Eddie, and he just asked me, you know, what about this Jesus? <laughs> that was all it took. I just, it was like right then and there, I knew that 
Now, but see, that is exactly what I'm talking about. Because Crystal would be texting me and all this, you know. You ain't finna cry, are you? No. Okay. Just it. <laughs> Crystal would be texting me, and, okay, and I would like, I would try to provide her with information about why this ain't true, and why that ain't true, and why this is right, and this is not right, whatever. And all that was like water off a duck's back, you know. I mean, it, it never really helped. And instead of, you know, what, what Brother Eddie says, how about Jesus? And that's all it took, you know, <laughs> bang, there you go. You know what I mean? And that's because God supernaturally works and he, he could have been working in her heart all this time, seeing different people, talking to different people, doing different things. And, you know, brother Eddie just had the final twist of the jar that made the lid come clean off, you know, and God used that to, to work in her heart. But until that supernatural work, you guys have family that you, you you know, being saved, you can probably think, I just can't understand why this person can't get it. I can't understand why they don't see. Why would they trade what they're doing for this? And the reality is you are the same way. Until God does that work in their heart, you can't argue them into the kingdom. You can't debate with them into the kingdom. You can't convince them by your reason and your logic and your good whatever. All you can do is pray and give them the message. You know, Not to saying that none of that stuff is good. You know, I'm all about answering the questions and asking the questions. And the, I love that stuff. But that alone, without the Holy Spirit drawing people, it's not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. Okay. You see what he's telling him? He's saying you got to be born again. Um, people that are not, if you've never had an experience with God where you have been supernaturally converted to, to hate the things that you once loved, and love the things that you once hated, um, then that is conversion experience. Are you are you perfect now that you're born again? No, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that at all. So I'm not saying once you're born again, you never do anything stupid or anything like that. But the mark of a true Christian, the mark of somebody who has uh, trusted in Christ and is right with God is that their heart desires the things of God. Are they making a hundred every day? No. Are they able to do stupid things? And if I took a snapshot of their life, maybe it would even look like, hey, how could this person do that and be a Christian? Yes, it's entirely possible. But the desire of their heart is to know and to serve God. The desire of their heart is to hate and shun their sin. That's the, the, biggest, the biggest thing when people bring me children. They say, I think my child is ready for, you know, salvation and baptism. They just need you to talk to them. The one thing I'll ask is, you know, tell me about sin. And they're like, sin is doing something bad. And I'll say, well, have you ever sinned? They'll go, uh-uh. Because I know, I know you ain't ready. I know you ain't ready. I'm sorry. That's the big deal, you know, because if you're not ready to see your own sin... You know, there's really nothing to be saved from. So Jesus told him that regeneration, being born again, is necessary for you to be saved. It's necessary for you to even see the kingdom of God. It's necessary for you to, to, uh, to be right with God. But this thing is a mystery. It's a mystery to those who are not born again. So it's kind of like I, I love how Jesus and Nicodemus are talking. It's kind of like a big circle, really, because Jesus says... 
Jesus says, you can't understand this unless you're born again. And Nicodemus says, well, I don't understand that. And Jesus said, that's right. You can't understand unless you're born again. He said, how could that be? And Jesus is like, I'm telling you, you ain't going to understand unless you're born again. You know, it's like yeah, Nicodemus is proving Jesus' words true because he's telling them you can't even see the kingdom unless you're born again. And Nicodemus is like, I can't see what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, duh. And so verse 6, let me just read 6 through 10. It says, Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is, well, let me go back. Uh, Jesus answered, verse 5, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. If you read that thing that I sent out, you know that there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different ways you could take water and spirit. It could be, it could be. You know, uh, the water of birth, you know, the breaking the water and then born of the spirit or they could be, you know, the 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 Old Testament, which Nicodemus would definitely have known the promise of regeneration, the promise where God said, I'll take out your heart and give you a new heart and I'll put my spirit in that promise. Ezekiel 36, he said, I will wash you with clean water and I will put my new spirit in you. So Jesus could have been talking about that. Verse 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Why is that important? It seems obvious, doesn't it? Why would he tell Nicodemus? First he said, you got to be born of the spirit. And he says, that which is born of the flesh is just flesh. It's sinful. That's right. And what about Nicodemus? What was Nicodemus? Why was Nicodemus' birth would be something he was counting on? Because he was a Pharisee, his whole world would walk around him, earning his way in heaven. He's he's thinking, I was born into the family. I was born into, I was born into, you know, I'm Jewish. I was born into the kingdom. All the Jewish people, people. yeah, I'm chosen. You know, so he was he was thinking, you know what? I, I was born into the tribe of whatever tribe he was, and so he was thinking, you know, I'm just I'm just in the kingdom by birth. And Jesus said, No, you can't be in the kingdom by birth. You can't be in the kingdom by any fleshly means whatsoever. You have to be born of the Spirit. You have to be born again. You have to be born from above. He said, because your mom and daddy might have been wonderful, good Jewish kingdom of God people, but God doesn't have any grandchildren. He has children and not children. No grandchildren. So that was funny, but y'all didn't laugh. I don't know what's wrong with y'all. Okay, so that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit, spirit. He says, marvel not that I said you must be born again. He's saying, don't, don't think this is crazy. He said, because the wind blows, he's comparing being born again with the wind. He says, the wind blows where it listeth, which means where it wants to. The wind blows where it wants to, and thou hearest the sound of thereof, but cannot tell where it comes and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and he said, I don't understand. How can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of Israel, a teacher, and knowest not these things? Um, he compares it to the wind because the natural man can't understand it. How many of you, like I just use Christo and Cicely again. I'm sure Crystal was knocking herself out trying to explain all this stuff to Cicely. 
and just, I don't understand why you can't see it. What do I, I'm saying something wrong because she's not getting it. You know, all of y'all have family that y'all probably witnessed to or friends. I just can't understand why they don't get it. Am I doing something wrong? Am I saying something wrong? I'm, and the reality is that unless God works in that heart, unless God is drawn, that's why prayer is so important. You know, you're thinking if you spend all your time just coming up with great arguments and you never pray for that person that God would work in their heart, um, you're kind of missing, kind of missing the deal. Because it's just like the wind. You know, you can't you can't see where the wind goes, and you can't see where it's coming from, but you feel it when it blows. You know, now. Forget all the Doppler radar crap and all that stuff. If you're in the first century, all of a sudden the wind blows and it's gone. You know what I mean? And you're standing around, you, you can't track where it went. You don't know where it come from. It's just like, there it went, you know? And that's the way being born again. It comes through, it comes through the gospel. It comes through hearing the gospel. When the spirit draws the heart and you hear the message, you understand the message and God changes your heart to receive the message. God changes your heart to accept him, to fall in love with him, to come into relationship with him. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? So I can give you a 45 minute dissertation about how awesome salvation is and wonderful. And you could sit there like, I wish he would shut up and let me go. And then one guy can come along and say, what about Jesus? <laughs> and, and your whole life changes. You see how that works? You see how that works? So it, it's about God drawing you. It's about God. It's about God moving in your heart. It's about God having. It's about having a experience with God, having a relationship with God, and Him taking out your sinful heart and giving you a new heart. And therefore, it doesn't depend on you thinking, you know, I, I would be a Christian, but man, you just got to keep all the rules and it's just so much stuff to do. And I don't, I don't, I can't do all that stuff. And that's the, that's the truth. And that's why he changes your heart. So it's not a burden for me to keep God's law. It's what I want to do. Now, do I fail? Yes, of course. Do I struggle and strive to do it? Yes, of course. But you will do what you want to do. You will. You'll make, you'll make a way to get whatever you want done. You know, I have youth that uh, they'll go party on Friday night. Not party, but go to the movie or whatever. You know, they'll do what they do on Friday night. They'll do what they do all day Saturday night. They'll do what they want to do all, all day Saturday. And then Sunday, they'll be like, well, I can't stay with youth. I got homework. <laughs> it's like... You, you make room for what you want. See what I mean? If you wanted to be here with your youth group, then you would have made room Friday night or Saturday or Saturday night for homework. See what I mean? If you wanted to. You'll do what you want to do. And when God changes your heart, you want to serve Him. You want to follow Him. You want to love Him. You want to do good for Him. And so you'll find yourself messing up and you'll find yourself you know, sinning and making mistakes and all those things, but your desire is not to do that. Therefore, you'll move, you'll grow from from a baby in Christ to a young person to an old person in Christ. Bill, you want to say something? Yeah, you know, talking about all this and thinking about growing up in, in our small churches and all, 
everybody went to everybody was Christians because they went to church, you know. Mm-hmm. And you got a Bible and you got a name. And they preached on the Ten Commandments. But you know, they didn't really it wasn't a born again thing, you know, it was just all about going to church and Do better. obeying the Ten Commandments. <laughs> It's still that way too. We we were at a church last night. The praise band was, and we didn't hear no gospel whatsoever. Yeah, it was all about, you know, they were striving for a fresh anointing from God. That's what they wanted, you know. And so, yeah, it tickled me. Brother Eddie got up, and the first thing he did was read, "Let's rejoice, not because we can tread on scorpions and all that. Let's rejoice because our names have been written down." You know, so I didn't talk to him, but I knew exactly. Me and him was thinking exactly the same thing. You know, before you striving for some fresh anointing, you better strive to make sure you enter in that straight gate. You know, so uh, that's what Nicodemus and Jesus were talking about. Nicodemus is like. Who knows what his actual purpose was in coming to see Jesus? He might have wanted to smooth things out where Jesus had cleansed the temple. He might have wanted to maybe team up with Jesus who was gathering a following at this time. Who knows? But before he could even get it out, Jesus interrupted him and says, You have no idea what you're even talking about. You know, I know you, Mr. Pharisee, you're master of Israel, teaching all. If you ain't been born again, you can't even see the kingdom. I mean, you don't even have a clue what you're talking about. And Nicodemus is like, I don't understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so it was actually kind of true. And so let me look at two more things and we'll go. It says um, in verse 11 through, I think, 15 or so, Jesus is basically telling him the only way to be born again. You're, you're wondering if, if, if this is what I have to do, if this is what I have to be, how do I get that? It comes through Christ. That's the only way. There ain't no other way. It says, verse 11, says, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we do know. He says, he says, everybody testifies as to what they actually know about. He says, and testify as to what we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so what he's saying there. What he's saying to Nicodemus is, he's saying it's not about learning and it's not about you need to trust what I'm telling you because I've studied the issue and I understand. He said, that's where I come from. I know exactly what I'm talking about because I've seen it. He says, in the next one, he says, no man has ascended up into heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Who's he talking about right there? Who's the one who came down from heaven? Himself. He said, nobody's even seen what we're talking about here except me. 
I'm the one that came down from heaven. And he calls himself the Son of Man, which if you read that thing that I sent out, it talks about, that's in Daniel. Let me just read it to you. Uh, it references Daniel. In Daniel 7, 13 and 14, Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like a Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, languages should serve him. So Jesus is saying, I'm that one. He said, look, I'm the one who came down from heaven. I'm the son of man that Daniel was talking about. The kingdom is mine. The dominion is mine. Basically, that's what he's saying. And he says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up. What does the son of man lifted up mean? Yeah, the cross. Did anybody read, have any of you ever read that story about Moses lifting up the serpent? Numbers 21? Yeah? Somebody somebody explain it quickly. Uh, what happened? As long as Moses had it lifted up, they were winning. His arms got tired and went down. They would start losing. No, no. That is a story, but that's not the story. That's the, where they killed the Amalekites, or the Amorites. The serpent. Yeah, no, that was Moses' staff. Where, where Aaron and what's the other dude's name had to hold his arms up? Okay, my bad. Somebody tell me the story. No, yeah, it, it wasn't a flag, though. It was a bronze serpent. Man, one of y'all better tell me the story. <laughs> Dean, you raise your hand and help me out here, man. Come on. I'm dying. Huh? When the snake bit you, if you looked at the bronze of serpent that was on the staff that Moses had made, you believe step back. That's right. God sent judgment. The Israelites were whining and complaining. They wanted to, if you can believe it, they wanted to go back to Egypt. And God, because of their because of their sin, God sent fiery serpents or poisonous snakes among them, and it killed bunches and bunches of them. And Moses prayed for them, saying, "God, please deliver us from this judgment." And so God said, "Take, fashion yourself a bronze serpent on a stick, on a pole, on a standard." And he said, you hold that standard up when y'all are marching. And he says, if anybody's bit by a snake, if they look to that standard, then they'll be, they won't die. And so Jesus is comparing himself to that serpent that was held up in, in the wilderness. Why do you think that is? Because what? Well, that's true. If you believe, it's just talking about faith. But why did he? Why did he compare himself to a serpent on a stick? Anybody know? Idea? He'd be raised up on the cross. That's exactly right. But I was thinking. I mean, why not? Why not a star of David or a a moon or a you know? Why not? It could be anything. Why a serpent on a stick? Huh? God sent that to Moses, that serpent. The serpent that was biting everybody. No, the, the deal with the bronze serpent, they gave him the idea from the other serpents. Right. And Jesus would be raised up to save people from their sin. Right. So he was using a symbol of judgment. The judgment was that the snakes was all around biting And so what he did was he used the symbol of judgment for them to look to through which they would be saved. 
You see? So what's around us? It's, you ain't got, I ain't got no snakes around me. But I'm in my sin. And my sin, the sting of, sting of death is sin. You know? And so I am plagued by my sin. I am drowning in my sin. I'm condemned by my sin. So what God did is He nailed my sin to the standard. See what I mean? Just like the serpent is the one that was attacking them in numbers, therefore the serpent got nailed to the standard. And if I, tr- I cast my eyes to the serpent on the stick of Moses, then I would be saved from the serpents that were around my feet. My sin is what's on me now. My sin is what's condemning me. My sin is my problem. Therefore, God took his own son and nailed my sin on him to the cross. Therefore, if I look to that, if I look to him in faith, then I'll be saved from my sin. Does that make sense? See how that works? Okay. Any questions? Okay. So it's basically Jesus is telling Nicodemus, I'm the one through whom this is going to come. I'm not just the teacher here. You came to me and you said, Rabbi, we know you're a good teacher. I can see the miracles you're doing. That's great that you believe that. And I am a good teacher. But that's not how, that's not, that's not what I came to be. That's not what I came to do. I came to be held up like Moses holds up the, the serpent in the wilderness. That when you trust in me, when you believe in me, then I will save you. I will save you myself. And he, of course, then he goes on to say that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have, have eternal life. And then John 3.16, the one you can probably all quote, that's the point. He's saying, I'm not just rabbi. I'm not just good teacher. I'm the one through whom salvation has come. I'm the one through whom your regeneration or being born again is come. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Who's the son? Jesus. Jesus. I'm the son. That's what he's telling Nicodemus. I'm the son that whoever believes in me is not going to perish but have everlasting life. It's just like that serpent in the wilderness. Whoever looks to me and trusts in me is going to have eternal life. That's how you enter the kingdom, Nicodemus. It's not through keeping the law. It's not through all your learning. It's not through all your arguments and your debates. It's going to come through me. He's telling them, he's telling them this, is, this, is how it, this is how it comes. And the last thing, I think in uh, verses 19 through 21, and then we'll stop. This being born again... It'll show up in your life. You cannot be born again. You cannot be changed from the inside by God and it not have effect on your life on the outside. Okay? There's just no way. It says, uh, and this is the condemnation. Well, let me go back to 17. We didn't read that. For God sent his... God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Jesus didn't come to condemn, and that is going to be a verse that you hear a lot when people are trying to, uh, trying to uh, justify their own sinful behavior. They'll say, well, now Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save the world. But you've got to add the next verse in there with it. It says, uh, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is what? Yeah, Jesus didn't need to come condemn you. You already condemned. You already condemned in your sin. That's why Jesus came was to save you from the condemnation that you're already in. He didn't come to give you new condemnation. You already got condemnation. And so when we trust in Him, that condemnation is removed. Uh, Verse 19 says... 
This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. Why did men love darkness rather than light? Because their deeds were evil. 99, I don't know if this is true in your case, Cicely, but 99.9% of the time when I have a person who is an atheist or claims to be an atheist or claims, you know, not to believe in spiritual matters or God and all the thing. It's not a matter of reason. You just haven't provided me with evidence. It's a matter of I do not want to give up my sin. Because if I believe what you're telling me, then I've got to, then I'm accountable to this God who's in, in heaven. And I don't want to be accountable. Oh, so that was Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't want to be accountable to God. I don't want him telling me what I can and can't do. I don't want... That's the true thing. They, they love the darkness more than light because their deeds are evil. Their works are evil and they want to do what they want to do. It's okay for me to come as Nicodemus and say, Jesus, you're a great teacher. Jesus, you're a miracle worker. Jesus, you're the son of God. Jesus, you died on the cross. Jesus, you're all these things. But when it comes to Jesus, you are my Lord and I'm going to do what you say. Now we got to draw the line right there. And most of the time, when you get into arguments, like I keep using them because that was fresh on my mind. Crystal, try to convince Sicily about this, and and what about this argument, and what about that argument, and what about all the. Most of the time, it's just because I really don't want to give up control of my life. I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up doing what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's why. That's what. Uh, that's what keeps people from, from being born again. He says, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. And then it says, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. You see how that says basically what I just said? The reason you don't come to the light... I don't want my deeds reproved. I don't want nobody telling me I'm wrong. I don't want nobody telling me I can't do this. I can't do that. He says, but he that doeth truth come to the light that his deeds may be made manifest that they are wrought in God. You understand that? So when I'm born again, I doeth the truth, which means it's not about just doing good. You know, like I help little old ladies and I, I make pies for people and stuff like that. I want to know what's true. I want if 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 I'm wrong and I'm walking in the wrong direction and God has got a U-turn for me out there and he's going to get I want truth. I don't want to go blindly off the cliff thinking I got it going on. I want to know what's wrong. I want to know my sin. I want to do the truth. He says, those that do the truth, that are seeking after to understand, I want to know what God wants me to do. I want to know where I am sinning. I want to know where I need to change my behavior. I want to know, I want to know those things. When you, those that do the truth, they come to the light. They come to the light of truth. God, Jesus said, if you seek me, You'll find If you knock, I'll open the door. If you ask, I'll give it to you. And so those that are doing the truth, that are seeking after the truth, they come to the light that their deeds might be manifested that they are what? Wrought in God. Okay? You know what that means? That means when you're born again and you go and do good, 
Why are you doing good? Huh? Yeah, because God has changed your heart to cause you to do good. See? Left to my own self, I don't want to do good. Now, I may do good things. I had this, I had this in the bank, didn't Tammy? Uh, Lisa said, she said, she said, well, you're a good person. And I, it just, it, I mean, sometimes you just need to take the compliment and say thank you and go on and not be an idiot. But, of course, I was an idiot. You know, and, I, and I was like, well, no, I'm not. There ain't no, I, I mean, it, it just hit me wrong that, that she thinks I'm a good person. Really? Good gracious. I'm an awful person, you know. And, and so the things that evidently they see or whatever, you know, we had a conversation about it. The things that they see that would say that, oh, Jason's a really good person are really not Jason being a good person. That's God working in Jason's heart to make him, see what I mean? So it says, the ones that come into the truth, verse 21, says, He that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that his works may be revealed, that they have their origin in God, that they are wrought in God. It's not Jason's awesome personality or keeping the Ten Commandments or all those things that, that, that make him want to follow God. It's God that has brought this to pass. Y'all understand? So what he's saying, the whole gist of this passage is, as before we go is, is that this whole thing about church and Christianity and living for God and all this thing, you cannot boil this down to steps. Okay, first step one, you got to read your Bible. Step two, you need to pray. Step two, you need, step three, you need to treat your wife good. You, need, you can't boil it down to steps. You can't figure it out and analyze it and, and get it so where if I, I know if I can go and do these things and turn this way and make my life go this way, then everything's fine. I'm in the kingdom. I'm right with God. I'm whatever. Being right with God comes through a supernatural work of the Spirit of God as He convicts your heart and you trust in the Savior that was put on the cross for you. See what I mean? It's a, it's a miracle. It's a supernatural work of God. You can't make, you can't run up to it. You can't, you can't set up where I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up this stuff where it's gonna happen. You know, I'm gonna make sure it's something that you, you just cry out to God for it. And I mean, he said, if you cry out to him, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. But it's, it's a fundamental change of who you are from the person that I used to be to the person that I am today. And I've often said, if God were somehow to leave me, you know, I mean, it's impossible, but if the spirit were somehow to leave me, I would go right back to being the person I was. I guarantee I mean, you can think I'm a good person all day long, but I'm telling you, if, if it were not for God living inside of me, I would be right back doing the exact same stuff I was doing. I know, I know it as if I know it for a fact. Do y'all have any questions or comments? Anything like that? You see what Jesus is doing here? It's all about the new, right? First chapter, John said, hey, there's a new one coming. And he's going he's gonna to baptize y'all with a new baptism. And then the second chapter, Jesus changed this ritual water, you know, the water into wine. Now it's new wine. He changed the temple. He says, it's a new temple. My body's the temple. And now he's saying, look, 
it, you have to be born again. It's a new birth. It's a new birth that takes place that puts you inside the kingdom. It's not about who you come from or what you're doing or how many laws you're keeping or all those stuff. It's about having, it's about having a relationship with Christ and Him changing you. Everybody understand? Any questions? Any comments? The rest of that chapter is John the Baptist's testimony to Jesus again. And it, it really hits on some of the same things. Well, John, It's basically the same thing Jesus just said, John the Baptist says. Again, he's, he's telling one of his disciples. His disciples come to John and it's like, John, all the people are going to Jesus. What are we going to do? You know, maybe he didn't use that voice, but he, he, you know, he, came, he came and did that. And so John said, you know what? We, we've gotta, I've got to decrease so that he can increase. And he says, some of the same things he said he said the one who talks of earthly things is earthly he's talking about himself the one who talks of heavenly is heavenly he's talking about jesus and so uh basically he gives the same testimony that jesus just gave and so uh we're gonna we're gonna just leave that at that and start in chapter four next next week Okay, if you if I don't have your number to text you and you want to get I make these outlines for myself. So it's not like I went over my outline today. I'm just using them for notes. But some people have found that they enjoy having them. So it makes it a little easier when they're reading the chapter. Uh, Just make sure I have your number and I'll text them to you when I get them ready. Or you can get them off the website. Okay, any anything before we go? All good? Are y'all going to come? Who, let me do it now. There's some more people here. Who's coming next Friday to our final thing of the year besides Christmas party? We're going to have steaks. And so i got to have a perfect head count. Otherwise, you ain't going to get no steak. Okay. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Okay. Okay. Uh... I'll send out a text, too, just in case. If you think about it for the next couple days, see what your schedule is, and I'll send out a text, and we'll get it done. Bubba's buying steaks for everybody, so can't beat a free steak. He's going to cook them, too. That's what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. We'll save you one, Valerie. No, I probably won't. All right, let's pray, and we'll go. And remember, the Christmas party is December 12th at Pam and Dean's house. We're just going to bring a dish for that. Uh-huh. That is not funny. That is not funny whatsoever.